0: You guys chill out. I'm trying to do a podcast.
1: In today's section 312, Brad Coon stops by. We finally get him back on the show to talk about the University of Miami and his recent show. My wife put the boys to bed. We review the final two episodes of The Last Dance. I'm so sad to see it go, but it was an awesome documentary. Can't wait to get into that. States are starting to open back up. Things are getting positive. We might be getting sports back sooner than later. We might be able to go on a mini vacation. I'll get into that. Sneed goes to the beach. He's got a fun little story to tell us. Can't got wait to hear that.
2: Beach.
1: He got kicked off the beach. Okay, cliffhanger. He got kicked off the beach. We have an all-new Sneedlers list, Nomads moment, and a starting five Toon Squad characters featuring Brad Coons. But before we get into all that, this section 312 episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Thrive Fantasy. Go check them out, ThriveFantasy.com, their sports betting prop bet app. Go in. When you sign up, enter our code SEC. 312 for an instant match on your first deposit of up to $10 guys go in deposit 10 enter our code they're going to give you 10 so you'll have 20 bucks you go bet it on prop bets over unders point values for only the top tier athletes you get to pick two ice picks in case you know there's late scratches or freak occurrences like a global pandemic go check them out thrivefantasy.com all right i'm ready to hear the story we got no match moment okay so before we get to the last dance review Sneed you got kicked off of a beach
2: yeah me and me and like 12 other people got got kicked off got kicked off the beach it's because your um, chest
1: carpet was just glowing wasn't it
2: no dude it was because we almost had like a full-on brawl what <laughs> yeah um, so. I'm not going to name names of the people that I was with, but I was meeting up with with a good friend who uh, lives in Tampa now. Um, so it was me, him, his girlfriend, his cousin, who I've also known a long time, and his girlfriend. So we all we all meet up at the beach, um, you know, having having some adult beverages. Nothing crazy, you know. It wasn't wasn't like you know wasn't spring break or anything, but. Um, so, what what really got this started was my, my buddy's girlfriend, um, like, she's freaking nuts, um, apparently. This was the first time I met her, but she's batshit crazy. Um, so, she got all mad, thinking he was, like, flirting with some chick. So, she tries to fight this girl, like, at the bar, like that was that this was step one like she she's trying to fight this girl she's telling her friend that her friend's gonna kick her ass and like it, it was just this whole like weird thing where like he like she thought he was like trying to cheat on her and whatever so we like we break that up you know everyone's like what the hell just happened like okay that's enough <laughs> and uh so then flash forward like half hour almost an hour later where we're sitting at the table she's not with us um and this dude comes walking by with a bunch of bunch of booze in his hands, you know, shots and drinks and whatever, and he hands one to my buddy, and I don't know what he said to him, but my friend drinks it, you know, like if you're at the beach, like if someone hands you a drink, you know, your your instinct is to drink it. And this dude was like, Yo, why are you drinking my drink? And so it started this whole weird thing, and my buddy's like, All right, let me let me pay for it, blah, blah, blah. And This dude being such a dickhead, because he was like, he he was just trying to be, you know, like this big tough guy, and he wouldn't stop running his mouth. So that's when I got involved. And I'm not a confrontational person by any means, but I I stick up for people. And so I stood up, I, I I stand up to that guy. I'm like, yo, I was like, he's trying to buy your drink, you know? I was like, either shut up or take his money. Like, get the hell out of here. And so he starts yelling at me. I'm yelling at him. Like, we're all yelling at each other, and it's just this ridiculous thing. And he's finally like, all right, who cares? So that was step two. We think that everything is done. So the crazy girl finds out about us having beef with this dude and his posse. So she goes and starts drama with them oh by, saying that, by, by saying that their card got declined at the bar. So... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so she goes and tells them, "Yo, your card got declined." Which obviously you're gonna be like, "Wait, what?" And then when you find out that people are actually messing with you, you're obviously gonna be even more mad. So they they see us standing uh, a few you know a few feet away, like they see us, and the dude in the St. Louis hat is like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Like I thought, you know, like what the hell's going on, and. So, I'm try- again, I'm trying to say, you know, hey, she's crazy. Like, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I- we, we kind of squash it again. She goes back after them. She goes back after them, pushes the dude in the St. Louis hat. I'm following her because I know she's fucking nuts. So he- she pushes this dude, kicks a girl in the stomach. I grab her. This other dude, I don't even know who he is. This other dude just shoves me. So that got me heated. Cause I was like, yo, I like don't you push like don't push me. So I'm getting in this dude's face while this girl's trying to fight everybody. Then my two buddies are trying to fight the other dudes in this posse. Like this whole thing just escalates like crazy. I'm trying to tell this dude, you know, hey, like there is no need for you to put your hands on me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, get out of my face. Like, all this like ridiculous stuff is going on. Then like She's trying to tell the the beach police that she got punched in the face when, in reality it was me on accident because when I went to go at that guy again, my hand slipped like like it was like we were all of a sudden we were surrounded by like beach security and beach sheriffs and and whatnot, and they're telling us to leave and they blah, they ended up like following us back to our spot on the beach and basically monitoring us and walked us off the beach. <laughs> they forced us to pack up and leave
1: you got kicked off of a beach that's crazy
2: did i i'm telling you like and it was all because like everything was fine until the crazy chick had to go and tell them that their card was declined like she just had to go and start drama with them and like i said i'm trying to be the the middle man here because i i don't like confrontation and whatnot so I'm trying to stop everything, and then I'm in the middle of it. After this dude shoves me, I'm like, "Ah, oh, like that, you know, that's that's the last straw for me." But yeah, I figured that's uh, I figured that'd be a good Florida story for you. It's a bunch of drunk, bunch of people fighting each other for no reason at the bar at the beach. <laughs> I
1: hate, I hate the state of Florida, man. I really still hate the stage. Isn't it,
2: isn't it great? <laughs> I told my friend, I texted him later on after we all went, got back to our apartments. I said, Yo, we need to do that again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Round two <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, I was like, dude.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Like, it reminded me of college, bro. Like those like ridiculous fights you get into at the bar with people in college. Like that's what that reminded me of. And that like it was so like no regrets at all i mean i like cuz nothing happened like nobody hit anybody nobody pressed charges like there wasn't anything crazy so i think it's just fun to be like look at these crazy ass people starting ridiculous fights for no reason and even like uh, me and the dude in the st louis had like we ended up like we were cool by the end of the day cuz he like all of the people in their posse like realized that i was a good guy and not a villain so like, so I'm talking to all of them like, yo, I'm so sorry about my crazy ass friends. They're like, nah, you're cool, bro. Like you're, I'm like, thank you.
1: <laughs> so that was Sneed's uh, beach moment. story from getting kicked off. That was Matt's <laughs> moment, basically, for the show since he's MIA again. Uh, let's let's do a review of the final two episodes of The Last Dance, and then we'll get to our interview with Brad Coons uh this past Sunday besides Rick and Morty which I still haven't watched so don't tell me if it was good or not uh, was it so good? good it was good
2: yeah
1: they didn't do anything though so I'm looking How forward are you talking about
2: they didn't do anything
1: I thought that was the whole per- premise of the show was that they weren't <laughs> gonna do anything for the show but I haven't <laughs> no. watched yet so I don't want to know but yeah. the last dance the final two episodes aired um I'm very happy the way that it ended. Uh, I think the Steve, touching on the Steve Kerr thing and his father, I didn't know anything about that. I also didn't realize Steve Kerr had the four-peat after he left the Bulls. He won another championship the following year in 99 with the Spurs. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, but I'm very glad that they didn't touch on the Michael Jordan Wizards thing at all because then it would have been more of a Michael Jordan documentary rather than just a Bulls you know, era, last dance. Um, my one problem is Jerry Krause, right? And it seems to be the theme the entire way, right? Jerry Krause, you know, he had this huge ego. He wanted more credit than he deserved, but he is the best GM because he put this, you know, roster together, right? I don't understand his mindset of wanting to rebuild the team to win more championships when you have all the pieces right now that would be willing to come back and win that seventh ring, when he could have just brought them all back for one more year. You know, Jordan would have had to take a pay cut so Pippen could get more money. Rodman was on the tail end of his career, right? But he would have came back for a year. Phil would have came back for a year. Jerry Reinsdorf offered him his job. So... That's what I didn't really understand is the whole Krause thing. He wanted to win, yeah, he wanted to rebuild and restructure the organization, but he still had the assets to win now.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that was one of the overlying like themes in the whole thing was everyone trying to figure out like where his head was at. I mean, to an extent I can I can understand. I mean, as as a GM, like you can't I don't think, you know, any like jerry Krause couldn't have imagined that they were going to be that dominant you know to win six titles in eight years plus losing jordan to have him come back like all the stuff that they they dealt with like i don't blame jerry Krause i think at all for at least looking towards the future because i mean like us blackhawks fans know like everything comes to an end eventually like you can't you can't just hold on to everybody forever
1: Right, so those are my two big takeaways. I don't know what you guys thought about the last two episodes, but I thought, you know, it was really well done. The whole documentary was fantastic, and I'm ready for the next couple documentaries that they got coming out. You know, the Sammy Sosa McGuire one, and uh, they were coming out with another one. I can't. Well, they're
2: remember. doing they're doing the uh, Bruce
1: Lee one. The Bruce Lee one, yeah, that's the one I'm also looking yeah. forward to. <laughs>
2: Well, the next everyone keeps talking about what's going to be the next like last dance thing, and uh, it's probably going to be Kobe's because they they said Kobe had a documentary crew with him for his last season with the Lakers. It won't. I, I I doubt it'll be as as big of a deal, you know, as as this last dance was because it was more of about the titles and MJ and whatnot. But that Kobe doc should be should be pretty good eventually when, when that comes out
1: right right so i i can't wait you know sports are finally starting to slowly come back <clears throat> we got baseball talking about coming back the nba talking about what they have to do to come back the nfl's been planning for you know their season to start on time uh but the last dance it's over everyone go check it out the final uh the final two episodes or watch the whole series if you haven't Let's get into our interview now with Brad Coons. He stopped by. We finally got him back onto the show. It was a mission and the process on itself, but it was worth the content for everybody. He created this new show uh, on YouTube called My Wife Put the Boys to Bed. Uh, And it it was just hard to get him on because a couple of the times he was putting the boys to bed. So it's like we had to find, you know, the time to get him in to talk about it. We talked about the virus. We talked about coaching, some wrestling. Got his starting five for the starting five Toon Squad characters at the end of the show. So here is coach Brad Coons. (laughs) Now sitting in section 312, we have recurring guest reigning, defending, undisputed champ of the Ball Guy of the Year tournament. He is the head football coach at Plainfield East, and he created this new show, My Wife Put the Boys to Bed. We finally got him on. Coach Brad Coons again, thanks for coming on the show. I find it so ironic for the past four times we've tried to do it. It's like you've been stuck putting the boys to bed, right? So it's just ironic with your show. So let's just start there. Let's jump right into it. My Wife Put the Boys to Bed. Um, For all of our listeners out there Maybe just describe to them The premise of the show How you decided to come up with the show And what really motivated you to start a show
3: Sure thing Well, you know With this whole quarantine thing going on um, I felt like I had a lot of creative juices flowing And a lot of time on my hands And so um, You know There are a lot of shows that kind of put themselves In like A category, and you know, like this is what we talk about, and that's good. But I didn't want to be a show where I could only talk about one thing because I feel like I have so many different things I could talk about. So, um, you know, my original working title was going to be Master of None, kind of talk about being a a jack of all trades and a master of none. Um, And then one night, you know, I just realized the only time I was going to get a chance to uh, do any of this was when my wife was putting the boys to bed, and so um, that's kind of that's kind of where it started. And you know, I'm, I'm a big "How I Met Your Mother" fan, and so you know, the the uh, especially the early episodes, more than any of them, you know, you start out with the concept of like are we going to meet who this mother is? Well, right now, I mean, my wife's putting the boys to bed as we speak, you know, (laughs) is she ever going to catch me doing this, this podcast, you know? So that's kind of the uh, idea behind it.
1: So I like the name for it. It's really creative. Um, For everybody out there, it's like when things start to get back to normal, is this show going to continue or is this just something to entertain people during the quarantine? Like, what is your uh, game plan or, you know, what you're going to do with the show?
3: So, like, one thing that I've done is I've labeled this as season one um, on purpose because season one is going to be the quarantine, however long this lasts. Um, After that, it's going to just kind of depend on you know, what life's like after that, you know, because we don't really know. I mean, I don't know. Is Everybody talks about there being a new normal. I don't really think there's going to be a new normal. I think we're going to go back to kind of how it was. But I will say that, um, you know, I think that I, I want to keep it going. And if I can continue to get the great guests that I keep getting and the content, a lot of the content being on their and like they have they're the ones recording it they're the ones getting it to me and all i have to do is drop it into iMovie i mean you know i think i think i can manage it even you know maybe not during football season maybe football seasons when i don't do it but you know there could be definitely like a christmas break edition or something you know i just right. and the way i have it set up um i have and i haven't done a episode yet for monday but it's a musical monday testimony Tuesday, um Wrestling Wednesday, no theme Thursday, uh football Friday, um shout out Saturday and Scripture Sunday. And so, you know, I kind of encompass a lot of things that, you know, in my life that are important to me. And Thursday I leave for anything that I just I want to talk about. You know, that's maybe not one of those things. So um, you know, I I love I love the uh the way that it's gone so far. You know, we're twelve episodes in and um You know, it's it's a lot of
1: fun. Yeah, I've been following along. I like the idea of the show. I like each day being you know a different topic for the show. But I want to just go on record saying my favorite part of the show is Wilson's cousin that does the trivia. Yeah, I thought that was genius. That was pure genius.
3: You know, and it kind of it kind of just happened because um, my buddy Ty, who uh, is the uh, KLTs uh, Sports Talk. Um, Twitter account. They don't have like a podcast or anything, but they have, you know, a lot of tweets out there and it, there's some good conversations on that account. And he started just tweeting about like he had this ball that he, he turned into uh, Franklin and started tweeting about it. And I was like, that's funny. And so I, I asked him to do the trivia and he got ready to record it. And I'm like, hey, what if you had Franklin do the trivia? And so that's just kind of how it happened. Franklin started doing the trivia and and we've been we've been going from there, you know. So it's 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 fun and it's cool to have little segments, you know. Um, I, I would I've envisioned a three twelve and three twelve uh, section, you know, for my uh, for for my show at some point. Maybe when we get sports back in Chicago, but um, you know, it's a uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Just just coming up with little ideas. And the thing is, at the end of the day i'm doing this for fun if it if it became something big that'd be cool but i mean if it never got any bigger than it is right now and the people that are watching it now i mean that, that's what it's for it's it's entertainment for me it's a hobby and um you know i'm having fun with it so so before we get and away there's no, so there's no rules i can just do whatever right right you know so before
1: we get away from your show a little bit here why don't you tell everybody where they can find it where they can follow you at for updates on the show
3: Sure thing. So, so on Twitter and on Instagram, um, the the at name is at put the boys to bed. Um, so that's the that's the easiest way to find it on uh, YouTube. At some point here, I'm going to have to make a transition because I started out with like my regular account and I didn't realize you could make a brand account. So I've made a brand account, but I'm trying to find out if there's an easy way to transition all the content over or not. Um, but either way, um, you know, I have that YouTube channel and it's, it's, you can look up Bradley Coon senior, um, and that is the home of, uh, my wife put the boys to bed. So for YouTube,
1: Gotcha. So for everybody out there, go check it out. It's a great show. I especially like the video aspect of it rather than just the audio. You know, I mentioned this before. I can never do video. I'm just not pretty enough. So <laughs> so go check it out on YouTube. My wife put the boys to bed. Now, you mentioned a lot of stuff earlier, so I don't know which way I kind of want to take this interview. Um, but we'll, we'll start with the whole quarantine coronavirus thing, right? Everyone's been locked in their houses Bored out of their mind um, What has been kind of the quarantine The quarantine meal In the Coons household Like, What uh, what dish do you find Your family eating more, uh, more than any other dish
3: Gotcha Well I've been I've been very lucky during this quarantine That you know I've Worked out a lot and ate pretty healthy um, So I've been doing keto So um, you know, I'm actually down since new year's 96 pounds. So I've been, I've been working hard and that's part of why I decided to do the, uh, the video as well. Cause before I just, I, I wasn't feeling the video aspect of things, but anyway, the dish would be, um, we've been ordering fajitas from a local restaurant, um, probably once a week. That's one thing. And I'd say the other thing is one of the great things about keto is as long as you don't uh, eat the crust. You can have pizza. So we order, we ordered a, a stuffed Giordano's pizza, like a big uh, Chicago style, and I just eat the cheese and, and toppings out of the middle of it. It's it's pretty darn good, and it doesn't affect my diet. So,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I know you just said you're down some weight, but I really like the idea of the offensive line videos. Um, I was gonna see maybe if you could, uh, you know, describe where you came up with that and kind of how that works a little bit, you know, in the health.
3: Yeah, so you know, I made I made the uh, offensive line quarantine video, and you know, I literally finished my workout, and my my boys were actually at the sitter that day, and my wife was going to school, and I was like, you know what, I should just come up with this video. It was kind of impromptu, and I just I just made up a bunch of drills that I knew, and and found things around the house I could do it with, and um, you know, it's actually one of my probably my top viewed videos right now on my channel um is my quarantine drills video. So um I'm looking to do a part two sometime soon. Uh hopefully um I put out there that people can give me suggestions and um I'd make that, make the video for that. Um but we'll we'll see where that goes as well just that aspect of the channel so again another reason why i kind of leave it open for the topic is i I can do a lot of different things
1: this is great you guys are hitting on points that i wanted to hit on right because you're the head football coach at plainfield east and the offensive line drills and everything for your show so with this you know virus going on and everything and when things get back to normal um, i'm assuming you're going to have to adapt your coaching style whether it's you know kids can't really touch each other for a while or it's going to be a bunch of walkthroughs. Have you really sat down and thought how you're going to get everything moving, flowing right, uh, w- right away when the schools start again? Or is it going to be kind of a challenge of a transition of doing things with just mostly walkthroughs?
3: I do my best work in the moment. I am somebody that, you know, when I was in college, my best papers were written five hours before they were due, you know, and, you know, as an athlete, you know, I feel like I've always been good in the clutch because that's when I'm at my best. And so, um, you know, I've given a lot of thought to how I want to handle things, but since we don't know the situation yet and exactly what's going to happen, um, you know, my my biggest thing is I want to be simple and fast. And, you know, I think you can be simple and fast in a walkthrough. You know, um, my whole thing is when when I come up with this is what I want to be, an identity, um, that is my focus. And if something doesn't fit into that identity, then we move away from it. And so if if simple and fast are going to be what our identity is, um, you know, I can kind of act in the moment and come up with those things that are going to fit that mold. And so, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to have a single day of the summer to work out. I don't know if we're going to get any days in August, you know. We don't we don't know if it's going to be in the fall or the spring. We don't know if we're going to have a full schedule or not. You know, we we there's really a lot of unknowns and a lot of it is because the states around us are opening up and, you know, they're going to have football and other things and here we are um not having football and at this point and it's a lot of it is just because, you know, we I mean, Indiana iowa wisconsin they don't have a chicago you know and they don't have the the densely populated areas like we do so um you know i uh it's just gonna be interesting to see how they handle that aspect i understand that we are in the uh quarter that is in chicago uh, and right now like we're, we're tied in with that for opening back up and that's that's okay I just hope that the other three quadrants of the the state don't get penalized if we get penalized. I hope that, you know, if if in Southern Illinois they want to open it up, I hope that they get to have football. I I give them the whole summer if they can have the whole summer. Don't penalize them because there's another area that's not. Right, um, right.
1: I I totally get where you're coming from. You know, there's just a a majority of people way farther up north here, so the risk is higher for everybody. But it would be nice, you know, to get sports back. We've been slowly getting sports back a little bit you know let's break away from the uh some of the football stuff and let's go into basketball right the last dance I'm sure you all caught up on it you've been watching it now it's a little different from your aspect right because when Vance and I were younger we were alive during the Jordan era but we weren't really old enough to comprehend uh the magnificence of Jordan right so from your perspective perspective back when Jordan was playing, you lived through everything from the last dance. Can you just describe to us the feeling, what it was like? I mean, I don't know if you were a Bulls fan growing up or what kind of basketball team you were a fan of, but I just feel like it was a crazy time back then, and I wish I could have really understood how important it was to the city.
3: So I grew up a Bulls fan. I grew up a Michael Jordan fan. Um, I always had like a secondary team that I would like – because the Bulls were so dominant during those, you know, eight years that it was like I would have another team that I didn't feel bad about rooting for because I, I wanted some kind of an underdog. So um, usually it was the Charlotte Hornets, and then it became the Miami Heat when they got Alonzo Mourning. Um, but, you know, I I was a Bulls fan. And this, this, this movie has been really important to me because it ties in a lot of really important events in my life. Um, you know, like I was – My brother got married, and, you know, he was 13 years older than me. And, you know, he didn't really have, like, a a traditional bachelor party. His bachelor party was us sitting there watching the Bulls versus the Lakers in the NBA Finals. I think it was game three. (laughs) So, I mean, that was kind of a a cool moment for me. Um, The year that the Bulls won 72, uh, WGN, like, the following summer aired – all 72 games, like, in a row, in 72 days, all 72 wins, and my dad and I watched the entire season together, like, the whole replay of it, and so, um, you know, and my dad died last year, so it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things that, like, that's something I remember, and something that was a positive time, and, um, you know, he did, my dad did a lot of teaching basketball to me during that time, because my dad was disabled, that was kind of, like, our time where we could talk about things, and um you know so it was it was definitely a a a big part in my life and um you know it's it's, i i feel like i feel like right now it's like you know if you've ever watched seinfeld you've heard of the summer of george well like right now it's like the quarantine of brad because you know we got the last (laughs) dance okay the last ride the undertaker is my favorite wrestler i just started that last night
1: it's phenomenal
3: It's really good. And the next thing coming out is McGuire versus Sosa. I can't in, uh, wait. The home run race. McGuire is my favorite baseball <laughs> player, and it has been since 1989 when he was a rookie. Or whenever they won the World Series, sorry. That's when I really started watching baseball, and I was an A's fan and the Cardinals fan. And he played for the A's, and he played for the Cardinals. So, um, you know, if, if there comes out a, a documentary on the greatest show on turf uh, with with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce, and Torrey Holt, then... And, you know, you basically, my whole childhood's in a documentary. And then you can watch the U part two and actually see my, my colliers, <laughs> so, You know?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, I just started watching that uh, The Undertaker's last ride and it's, I'm blown away. I thought they did a very good job with it. I didn't know Vince McMahon was going to make an appearance. And I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because you met Vince McMahon in person.
3: Yeah, I did. Um, so my... Junior or senior year, um, I guess it was 2004 because it was election year, um, the WWE did this thing that was like a – they would go from college campus to college campus, and John Bradshaw Layfield, who was a Republican, JBL, would debate McFoley. And they would debate on the president's issues at the time. And so, um, you know, at those things, JBL was there. Um, I don't have a picture with JBL. I don't know why. I used to have a picture with JBL. But um, McFoley was there. I I got one with him, Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon. Um, Who was the guy from Harvard? The guy that did the whole – Chris, not Nowitzki, is that guy's name? The guy that did the whole concussion study from Harvard. Anyway, he was a wrestler from Harvard. He was, like, one of the tough enough guys. So anyway, uh, those guys were there and it was just they debated the presidential election and, and uh, I got to meet Vince McMahon and talk to him and um, that was probably, I had probably three legit chances of becoming a professional wrestler and it was like I didn't seize the moment and that was probably one of them. So,
1: yeah, you um, were right. Anyway, it was Christopher it was Nowinski. Time. Christopher Nowinski, yeah. Christopher. yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd never heard of him before.
3: Yeah, I think he won the Tough Enough contest and and got a WWE contract. And he was famous for being, like, this scholar. And now he's, like, the uh, the leading CTE um, expert.
1: So, you're a big wrestling fan, you know, you met Vince, Uh, what do you think of the product right now? You know, there's no fans in the arena, so I'm glad, you know, they're giving us some form of entertainment, but is there one storyline right now that's just blowing you away, and is there one storyline right now that you're just like, all right, let's get rid of that one?
3: So, I love The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and... I would write things completely different, and I kind of talk about that quite a bit on on uh, My Wife Put the Boys to the Bed. Um, but, you know, the Firefly Fun House, everything dealing with Bray Wyatt right now is probably my favorite thing in wrestling. And, you know, I love Braun Strowman. I'm glad he has the title. I'm glad that um, The Fiend didn't come out and beat him, and I'm glad he wrestled Bray and, and got to hold on to it at the last pay-per-view. Um, so the products you know right now I think Smackdown's a better product than raw um, I am not a big fan of what's going on in raw right now uh, the whole uh, Monday night Messiah um, Seth Rollins thing like I don't I don't get it you know I'm excited that he's gonna be a dad and that um, you know Becky Lynch is pregnant or whatever but you know as far as like I don't I don't I'm not into him being the Monday night Messiah like that's just kind of
1: right right you know, you know they changed. You know the Buddy Murphy thing a bunch of times. And now AOP is like nowhere to be found. So it's like I don't really right. get what they're going at from that standpoint. I mentioned it to Vance the other night. I said what they need to do right now is for Drew McIntyre. they're trying to push something for Sheamus to make his big comeback. If you could somewhere pit it between the Irishman and the Scottishman with the broad kick yeah. and the claymore, that would be an awesome feud for the title. That would get people talking.
3: That would be great. I think the other thing they could do is they should combine brands during the quarantine and stop having, you know, two separate shows, just have two shows that, you know, because the Raw stable right now is really limited to who they have because, you know, there were a lot of people whose contracts were up and they couldn't renew them, so they got rid of them Um, because right now financially it's just not a stable, you know, market for wrestling, so... Um, you know, it, I would I would combine the two brands right now just for a while and and um, you know do some things with that. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of interested to see you know what Otis does with the Money in the Bank. I felt bad for his tag team partner Tucker because he seems to be missing an action now that that Otis won the won the Money in the Bank. But, right. At some point, this is all going to clear up and people are going to be able to go back in the stadiums and, you know, wrestling is going to come back big time. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be great just, just right now. Like, you know, it's tough for me to watch Raw. I can't I can't watch the whole episode. I, I, I have it DVR and I fast forward through a lot of it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way right now for Raw. But uh, wrestling, it's big right now. It's entertaining everybody with no sports. But now we got to get to something really serious right now, right? The Ball Guy of the Year Tournament. You're yes. the defending reigning champ. We had Jesse Rogers from ESPN Chicago on the show, and we asked him about what he thought about not winning, and he's trash-talking a little bit. He was on the show oh, talking some smack, and he said Brad Coons is washed up and has been from his championship days, and he's coming for that title this year. He's been nominated, okay. so he's in the tournament. It's You know how it goes. It's all up to the people. Um, like I had mentioned to you, we're waiting for you to just let us know a shirt size, and once the place opens again, we have the design uh, ready to go so we can make the championship t-shirt. But Jesse Rogers, he's coming. He's coming okay. for that shining head.
3: Well, you know, I I just hope you put us on different ends of the bracket so that we can meet in the finals and, um, you know let's, let's make a spectacle of it. You know, I, I'm willing to cut some promos. Let's, let's make it, um, make it a big deal. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think you guys did a great job with that tournament. And, um, I actually was looking through my phone today and I found the picture of me holding the sign, the bald guy, of the year sign. And i um, will have to tweet that out mm-hmm. later, but, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm honored and I wish I had hair. Um, you know, if, if my YouTube channel takes off, maybe I'll uh, I'll get the Urlacher treatment. Maybe that's what I can pay for with this. But, um, until I get the Urlacher treatment, I'm going to defend my crown the best I can. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there.
1: Okay, Coach, this has been really fun. we got a couple final questions here before we let you go. Um, the last time you were on the show, you talked about the story with Reggie Wayne and getting the autograph on the football. So now it's another time of... Story time with Brad Coons. You said you would tell oh, us man. another Miami story, <laughs> so I hope it's a good one, like it was last time.
3: Well, I think that. Well, I mean, I could tell you about my day to day. So I wake up this morning and um, doorbell rings, and um, you know, I've been going on Ed Reed's uh, Instagram live, and he does like a, he's a DJ at night. He just DJs, and people come on there, and he's smoking cigars and stuff, and. <laughs> So I, uh, I was on there the other, like, I've been on there probably every night the last month, you know, since we've been quarantined, really, and just talking to people and stuff like that, and he and Reggie, they, he and Reggie Wayne both are on there, um, they call it the 8720 Cigar Lounge, and he DJs, or he hires a DJ and brings them on, and, um, you know, he sent me a box of cigars today, and so I, I he sent me a bunch of cigars, and, and uh, you know, that I was, I was pretty cool, just to to uh, get that from him and, you know, it's, uh, it truly is a a family. And the thing I was going to say is kind of, you know, one thing I realize is that, you know, most people aren't going to understand when you are on a team, even if you're like the least player, like the the worst player on the team, you know, and I wasn't the worst player, but I was probably in the bottom half at least, Um, you know, you could be the worst player on the team, you can't look at your teammates like they're, you're a fan. That just, it doesn't work that way. You lose respect. You lose, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, I guess respects the word is you don't want to seem like you're a fan of your teammates in that way. So, like I said before, you know, autographs are always uncomfortable and, you know, I admittedly, I admittedly, you know, think back to some times that I missed out on going to something because I felt like there were other people that were going just to be with those people, like they were fans. You know what I mean? Like, like Bryant McKinney, the first round draft pick for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they called him the mayor of Coconut Grove. Coconut Grove is the area where Miami college students go out. He was the mayor, and I had teammates that would go go out with them and have fun at night but i felt like they were only going with them not because they were their friends but because like they wanted to be around this guy who's going to be the first round draft pick you know and i could never bring myself to that because i wanted to be this guy's teammate i wanted to be his brother i wanted to be you know we we'd hang out when we, when we could but i wasn't going to go when i felt like i was being a fanboy you know so um so th- with that being said you know it's it's kind of when these guys go to the NFL, there's like this moment where it feels like, you know, they probably get so many requests for things that they feel like everybody's trying to like use them. And there's like a period of time when it's like it's tough to ask them, like, "Hey, how's it going?" And them not think that you're gonna say something like, right. "Can I get a jersey?" or "Can right. I get tickets?" or something, um, you know. And so to get this from Ed Reed is just kind of like full circle. He, we've gone through that time when it's tough to get a hold of them and stuff like that, and now it's like this is my guy, man. He, he hooked me up and, um, you know, it's just, it just pre- appreciate him. And, and, you know, it, it's, it seemed like, you and, and this is something that's going to end up being a, one of my stories for the tournament, um, of story time. But, um, you know, every time that I had like a, a time when I was homesick or I didn't want to be in Miami, it always seemed like I would end up at a party or out somewhere. And, you know, I didn't drink or anything, you know, until I was like out of college. Um, So it wasn't like I would be drunk or anything. But, um, you know, I would sit there and me and Ed Reed would have some kind of heart to heart talk. And, you know, that's kind of he was he kind of got me through my first two years at Miami, you know, especially the time when uh, I was thinking about leaving when Butch Davis left Miami and we didn't know who our coach was going to be. And You know, one of those times when I accidentally sat down next to Ed Reed and we started talking, I decided to stay. So, um, you know, that's kind of my story. Ed Reed, he's the GOAT, and um, I love him, and he's a good guy. So, These are great. These story times are
1: great. (laughs) We get Reggie Wayne, and now we get an Ed Reed story. I can't wait for the next story we get next time. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Okay, before I get to my last question, Vance, you got one more final question?
0: Um, I was just thinking of one thing. I know one time we had kind of talked about... I mean, you were just saying how you don't want to ask, those kind of things. I know one time you kind of accidentally went the other way with Michael Vick, and I didn't know if he would want to talk about that or not.
3: Oh, you mean when I talked trash to him?
0: Yeah, like you came up to him, and then he kind of, like, said something back to you. That was kind of a funny story.
3: Yeah, so, like, I, I remember... uh I don't. I don't remember what story we're talking about, Vance. Oh, was it I after think, the game?
0: Like, yeah,
3: yeah. I went up to him and I said something about. Um, I said something about oh, like, "Congrats on winning!" Or we beat them. You were being nice to him, though. Yeah. And I was being nice to him, and I said, "I hope you win the Heisman." And mm-hmm. he was like. Shoot, I'm gonna be the first pick in the draft. Like he said something like that. You know, it was it was kind of cool. Um, but you know, I was being nice to him, and he didn't really want anything to do with me because we just demolished Virginia Tech. You know, so but that's a cool one. And then um, he Isaiah Thomas Jew you know, and what, just walked out. What's
1: <laughs> that? He Isaiah Thomas Jew and just walked out.
3: He did. <laughs> and then I, I would say the cool thing: the 2002 game was just on the other day, um, and we won on the last second. Florida State missing the field goal. And uh, the whole game, Jay-Z and Beyonce were there on their first date. What? they were on our (laughs) sideline. So that was kind of cool. How do you know it was the first date? Because there's an article out there that says that it was their first date. Like, somebody asked me, like, you know, what was something cool that happened? And that was a story I told. And, you know, I was like – I looked for evidence to to, uh, back it up. And, you know, the article said – one of their first dates they were at a Miami the Miami Florida State game and I was like oh that's cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's wild all right coach this has been a lot of fun before we let you go you're going to be featured on our starting 5 segment this week i gave you the heads up before right. your starting 5 toon squad characters that have not been in you know the space jam movie what cartoon characters would you bring with you on your toon squad
3: okay so um my first one Cartoon character would have to be, do you guys remember Animaniacs? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Animaniacs. Wacko from Animaniacs, my all-time favorite cartoon character. Um, So I would have Wacko in there. All right. Um, My next one, I'm going to go with, um, let me think here. I, I forgot my list. I'm, I'm gonna go with. I watch cartoons with my kids all the time. I don't know how I'm not thinking of who it is. Shaggy <laughs> and Scooby Doo. Okay, you got so you got the height there. Team. I mean, yeah, and they beat. Um, if you watch if you watch uh, Scooby Doo Mi- WrestleMania Mystery, um, they they win the title, so I mean they got to be good. You, at okay. basketball, too. So, right. You know. Um, from there, I'm gonna go with um. Fred Flintstone. That's another That's good like, he one. Can rebound. A
1: big body. Okay.
3: Yeah, and then we need a scorer. Um, so I'm going to go with. Um, it's tough because I would go with Bugs Bunny, but I can't go with Bugs Bunny. I'm going to go with. Um, shoot. Shoot. Let's go X-Men. I'm going to go Wolverine because there was a little X-Men cartoon. I'm going Wolverine. Okay. Okay. (laughs) For the offense. I like it. Is that that good enough? Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. All
1: right. There's my starting five. All right. Coach, like I said, this was a lot of fun. We'll love you have you back on in the future, maybe closer to the ball guy of the year tournament, maybe round one. We'll see where your head's at. You know, get your promos out there. Good luck with the show. I'm yep. looking forward to all of uh, the episodes every single day. Um, Vance is going to be in charge of the segment for your show, the section 312. Yep. You know, you guys can spitball, text message back and forth, work out the details. But, Coach, it's been really fun. Thanks for finally getting the opportunity to come on the show and sit in section. 312 and we'll talk to you later
3: hey hey it's fun sitting in section 312 and i can't believe that vance wore a florida gator shirt with me on the show tonight <laughs> i know the fans out there can't see it but that's
0: florida gator shirts on. come on man i didn't even think about it that's all, good. <laughs> all, all
3: right, right we'll talk to you I'll later see coach you later. see ya take it
1: easy in that interview with the head coach of Plainfield East football team, Brad Coons, is brought to you by our friends over at Karaoke Adventure. Do you want the best entertainment around? How about Karaoke Adventure, guys? (laughs) Karaoke Adventure provides DJ and karaoke for any occasion. They do birthday parties, family gatherings, block parties, or a night with friends. Anything that you want them to do, they'll probably do it. Virtual, not virtual, things starting to open back up, get outside, they'll come set up. They have everything. They'll bring everything to you, the PA, the mics, the TV, and the lighting, everything that you guys need for a singing good time. You set, you tell them that Section 312 sent you, and they will give you 25% off your first booking. They have over 30 years of experience. Contact Eric St. Michael's today at 773-732-6597. Go follow them on Facebook to see videos and more. Karaoke Adventure at Facebook.com today. And now it is time for another edition of Sneedler's List. Jeremy, it's another list day. It's another list topic. What is our list topic for this week?
2: We are sticking with The Last Dance. Um, I want to. I wanted to highlight um, one, uh, 10 of my favorite things from The Last Dance. Now, this could be specific people. This could be specific teams. This could be specific items. But this is t- 10 of my favorite things from the last dance and getting us started at number 10 uh terry francona uh they, they interviewed terry francona about um michael jordan's baseball career and i love the fact that he said if he would have gotten enough at bats he could have made it to the show and i think too he, he made a good point that jordan you look at the numbers and you think oh he batted 202 like you look at just that stat line and it looks really shitty but when you take into account that he went straight to double-A ball after not even playing for 20-something years and still hit just above the, the Mendoza line is pretty damn impressive. I mean, even, you know, the Mets with Tim Tebow started him out at rookie ball. I mean, he, he's had to climb the whole ladder, and he still puts up almost the same numbers that, that Jordan did in just that one year. So I love that. At number nine, I, I loved the um, – the way that Jordan, they showed Jordan's relationship with the security guards, especially in the in the last two episodes, where they were talking about, uh, I think it was, was named Gus, um, the security guard who had who had cancer and, and whatnot. I think that's one of those things, you know, the underlying things that you know. I never knew that about Michael Jordan, you know, the, his relationship with the security guards. We were talking about it. They were showing him playing the quarter game with with the one security guard. So I loved that they were that they, they took time to to show some of his buddies at the Chicago stadium and, and United center and number eight. Uh, I liked the Phil Jackson backstory. That was something I didn't know, uh, much about, um, including his time coaching in uh, what was it in uh, Puerto Rico <laughs> or, uh, whatever, whatever country that was. Um, so I loved the whole backstory there and they were talking about him tripping out acid and just all sorts of <laughs> crazy stuff there. Uh, number seven, Rodman in Vegas, uh, the whole, <laughs> They're going to give him 48 hours in Vegas and Carmen Electra and that Michael Jordan basically broke down the door to get him back from Vegas. I thought that was amazing. Uh, at number six, I have the Space Jam background um, when they were talking about having to make the custom gym for MJ and him having these impromptu like ba- uh, basketball scrimmages I thought was just crazy entertaining and the fact that even reggie miller said he was on set filming for like 12 hours and then still had time to run game with everybody on this on this court Uh, i just thought that was a lot of fun so halfway through the list of my top 10 favorite things from the last dance we have terry francona mj in security phil jackson rodman in vegas and space jam at number five uh the ipad that was that proved to be one of the best parts of the last dance because every time they busted out the ipad you knew that the producers wanted to show mj some shit and see what his reaction was and pretty much all the time it was some guy trying to try to say that they could handle mj or whatever it was and so it was like every time the ipad came out uh you knew like some shit was about to go down and so i i enjoyed that i love the memes that have that have come out from the iPad as well. Number four, the Bulls versus the Pacers. I didn't realize how much of, like, sort of a rivalry that was and how good the Pacers actually were back then. I feel like it's something that gets kind of slept on. I mean, they had Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose, Rick Smith. They they had a pretty damn good team there, and people kind of, I feel like, forget that. Mark Jackson was on that team too. And number three, the Bulls versus Pistons that was definitely a highlight of the last dance. Uh, the whole Isaiah Thomas scandal, um, Rodman coming from the Pistons and then eventually ending up on the bulls. Um, the fact that the Pistons, you know, they were actually kind of a good team, but they were also like playing a football team. So I thought that part was interesting. And number two, Steve Kerr's backstory. I didn't realize all of that about Steve Kerr, his parents going to Beirut, his dad tragically, um, know being killed in beirut um i did not know any of that so i love that they that they took the time in the last dance to to really dive into to steve kerr's backstory there and and number one on my my favorite things about the last dance um all the stuff they talked about with mj and his dad um i i didn't really know that they had that close of a relationship and to see the moments of him him crying winning winning the nba championship after his dad died is pretty pretty great stuff
1: and that was your Snealer's list that was the last dance Snealer's list edition uh yeah i i agree with everything you put on that list um the Rodman thing was great. The Carmen Electra saying how she was just butt-ass naked as Michael walked in, and she had to hide under the covers. That was great.
2: Yeah, yeah. knock it on the door. Who is it? It's Mike. She's like,
1: oh. <laughs> um, my my big uh, my big thing that about the about your list that you might have said, but I I didn't hear it was the flu game, right?
2: Uh, you mean the food poisoning game? Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it sounds
1: better saying the flu game than the food poisoning. But those yeah. those five delivery drivers definitely poisoned that pizza, right?
2: Uh, I think so. I mean, they, they taught like that was three different people who said they're like, "What? Like, whenever have you seen six people deliver a pizza?"
1: Yeah, they they definitely did something to that pie. They had to
2: have the one thing though. The one. The one thing that's tricky about saying that for sure, though, is how did they know they were delivering it to Michael Jordan when it was the trainer who ordered it?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. There's something fishy there. I feel like there's more. There's more to that story, but I don't know.
2: Yeah, like that's my thing. I was thinking like they could say it was poison, but like how did they know they were delivering to Michael Jordan unless someone said it was for Michael Jordan?
1: yeah you know and it's like at that point it's like i wonder what was on the pizza to begin with i don't know if it was just cheese i don't know what was on the pie
2: probably probably some cross-contamination like exactly like, like you're not supposed to be like if you're gonna put ingredients on pizza like meat ingredients you're supposed to cook it first like i wonder if they just you know put some like raw you know cook some raw stuff on the pizza you know
1: yeah, so that was Sneedler's list. Uh, let's do our starting five before we get out of here. There's no Matt, but we did have Coach Coons f- jump in for the starting five for the Toon Squad characters for your Toon Squad and Space Jam. Now, these are the ones that have been said, so you cannot take these. Vance, do you remember all of his picks? He chose Wolverine. He chose, um, he chose Shaggy from Scooby-Doo for the height.
0: Shaggy and, and Scooby together.
1: Okay, so those are two, yeah. <laughs> he took Shaggy and Scooby. And then he
2: had that guy He from, had Fred um,
1: Flintstone. Did he? Yeah, he had Fred Flintstone. He had Wolverine. And his fifth one was...
0: It was that earlier cartoon and he's like Wacko or something. Is
1: that his name? Yeah, Wacko from... From, uh... uh
0: it's like an earlier cartoon, I can't remember what No, called. it was
1: from the Actimaniacs yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 Animaniacs. So he, yeah the anima- Animaniacs
1: Yeah, the Animaniacs, he took Wacko So those were his five, <laughs> Wacko, Scooby and Shaggy Fred Flintstone, and Wolverine So those are off the table You can't pick those But, since you were left out Of the interview process You can choose Where you want to go in the draft order
2: I want to go first Please
1: Okay, I will take third. Vance, you're right, smack dab in the middle. Starting five, Toon Squad characters.
2: So, I was thinking about this. The only logical thing for the number one pick in a fictional, if we were going to start a new Toon Squad, Wilt from Foster's.
1: No, of Friends. that was on my list. That was my number one.
2: Yeah, well, if, if they had Wilt on Toon Squad, oh boy. <laughs> That would
1: not be fair. Oh my gosh! Now I gotta think of another one. Okay, Vance, you're up.
0: All right, I'm gonna just take SpongeBob because I like him, <laughs> and he you know, you can change so many different forms. You know, maybe he can, you know, fill up with water and get big. And that's score. those are
1: two already off the board that were on my squad. So now I'm really in trouble. Okay. Ah. Those are great picks, boys. Um, I got back-to-back. Back-to-back for my Toon Squad. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who's played basketball before. His coach made him sit the bench for the entire season, basically, to play his son, but he hit some clutch free throws, and he taught the coach's son how to hit the free throws. I'm going with Hey Arnold for my number one pick.
2: Okay.
1: I don't know Arnold's last name, so I'm just going to say hey Arnold. Hey Arnold.
2: Yeah. What the, what the hell was his last name?
1: No idea. Football head Arnold football head. <laughs> so I'm taking hey Arnold with my number 1 pick and then man, you guys already took these two. Um we need some steals, right? Cuz we need to get the ball back. So I'm going to take Swiper the Fox from Dora the Explorer.
2: (laughs) Swiper, no swiping. swiping. Yeah, he's going to get called for a foul every time.
1: So we need some steals. I'm going with Swiper the Fox.
2: He's going to foul out in the first minute.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm going to get the dynamic duo going. Um, I'm going to get Patrick Starr as my next player. (laughs) I don't know what he can even do or not do. He's kind of big and lazy, but you know maybe he can rebound, maybe he can take up space. I don't
2: know. We'll he's a de- he's a decoy.
0: Yeah, maybe he can pass it off his belly. You know who knows?
2: <laughs> bouncing bouncing off of that concept a little bit. I'm gonna go with uh, Big Ed from Ed Nettie.
1: Oh,
2: uh, <laughs> that's a good one. To... Yeah, thinking that he'll you know he'll he'll box people out. You know he's. Sneaky strong. I mean, holy cow! Like the stuff he did on Ed, Ed and Eddie. Like he's he's sneaky strong. So just sit him down there to be to be the Dennis Rodman type and just get boards. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. Um, so that's my second pick. Uh, I would like Big Ed to go along with Wilt um, from Foster's Home, and then um, probably need someone. Probably need someone with some speed. Um trying to think of my cartoon characters here. Um Uh well actually yeah, I was just watching this. I was watching Rugrats Go Wild. Uh the co- the crossover they did with uh Wild Thornberries. I hated oh, no, Don- that
1: show. I hated that fucking show so bad.
2: I will go with uh with Donnie. Donnie Thornberry. He's he's a bit of a wild card, but if you can I just need him to
1: Is that the some- monkey?
2: No, that's Darwin. Donnie's the, the little guy who just mu- like mumbles Oh, stuff, the like, dad. He's the kid. No. Thi- Donnie's Donnie. the little kid who just goes blah, 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 like that guy. <laughs> 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 that's Donnie. And yo, it blew my mind I figured, I found out that Flea, the bassist from Red Hot Chili Peppers, voiced him. What? Yeah, and Tim Curry uh, was Nigel Thornberry. Okay. Like, literally, like you probably don't even know who Tim Curry is, do you?
1: No, I know who Tim Curry is. Okay, good.
2: But yeah, isn't that, isn't that shit wild?
1: That's crazy. So those are your back-to-back picks, huh?
2: Yeah, give me, uh, give me Big Ed and uh, Donnie.
1: Okay, Vance. You got pick number three. Don't take another one of mine.
2: All right. Um...
0: This one here, it's kind of like you know, my son has me watching so much Mickey Mouse, Roadster Racers. Um, I'm gonna go with Goofy. I need a little bit of size, you know, and he's tall and okay, you know, kind of just one of those simple-minded people, you know what I mean? And a lot of kind of a den, you know, maybe you know, just get it done. You don't have to ask a lot of them; just clean it up, Goofy's do your clutch. Class. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick that route. We need some height, or we need some uh, some hops, right? We need some bunnies in those feet or the tail, whichever you prefer. So we're gonna take Tigger with our third pick. (laughs) He can dunk the ball by bouncing on his tail. I think that's a that's a good pick for the squad. That we'll take Tigger. Um, And then after Tigger, I need someone that can be tough down in the paint. And someone that can take a beating, so I'm gonna take Bender. <laughs>
0: hey Quentin, I just realized that he had Fred Flintstone.
1: I just said that.
0: No, I'm talking about Brad. Yeah. You did? Oh, I thought you said Elmer Fudd or something. That's on my bad. <laughs> I was thinking about it wrong. I'm like, wait, I thought you said the other guy. Oops, my bad.
1: <laughs> so yeah, those are my two.
0: So then it's back to me, right?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, next one I'm going to take here, you know, more of a, you know, going to use his smarts here and the uh, the brain element. Um, I'm going to take Stewie Griffin, you know, be the point guard and okay, the ball around, do some stuff, do some things. You know, he's a little guy, you know, can maybe sneak under the defense. You know, it's obviously a different world in cartoon basketball.
1: Okay.
2: All right. For my for my last two picks here, um, I need a shooting guard, and so my shooting guard is going to be Bullseye from uh, Marvel Comics, the one of the notorious villains of uh, Daredevil. Bullseye, the guy can throw anything directly where he wants it to go, so he is the uh, he's the ideal shooting guard. There, he literally can't miss. So that is my second pick, or my first pick. And then uh, my last pick, um, basically for, for morality reasons and for the fact he's my favorite cartoon character of all time, we got to go with Courage the Cowardly Dog. He might even just be my sixth man, but we'll take him. I want Courage the Cowardly Dog on the squad.
1: Man, okay. <clears throat> Vance, and your and your team.
0: All right, my last one that I want here is the. Uh, I want the Road Runner. I'm not quite sure what the name is.
1: It's Road Runner,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's it, right. I'm like, is that my? Bad? I'm not familiar with Looney Tunes, but I like the Road Runner. Need some speed. Somebody maybe maybe get to the basket, you know, just run in transition. You know, get a a, you know, kind of a score with all my other, you know, kind of utility pieces.
1: Okay, so you got the speed in the road runner. I don't know how I want to end my team. Okay. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Arthur. I'm going to take that damn vark because I feel like he's got hands, he's got thumbs, he's got feet, but he's an animal. So he should have some type of animalistic power. But I feel like he's got the knowledge that we need in order to put our wacky squad together, right? He's going to talk them, he's going to talk them through friendship and sharing the ball, and there's not going to be a Kobe or a Michael, but we're going to win. We're going to win from within and then we're going to shoot like love out of our chests cuz Arthur <laughs> is like going to talk about so He's soft So I'm going with hey, it's a shooters league now. We don't have to be as physical as they were back then, right? So, I'm I'm going with Arthur for my last pick. And for my sixth man, if I had a sixth man, it would probably either be Popeye. Damn or- it. It would either it would either I be. I was
0: just about to say that. Right, it would either be it.
1: Popeye or Woody Woodpecker.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say I want Popeye as a bruiser, a six man, my Ben Wallace, <laughs> my I Ben Wallace. <laughs>
1: All right, guys, that was this week's starting five Toon Squad characters. Go follow us on social media. Our IT guy, who you know drives us all crazy and makes it easy for you guys, Section 312 show on all platforms. Go follow YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook's at Section 312 show check us out. We are an affiliate of the Midwest Sports Network. Go check them out at mwsn.net to listen to our show and many other podcasts that are affiliated with them. Go to section312.com. You can listen there. Check out our merchandise. We have new merch that will be coming out soon. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. We will see you guys next week in section 312.